Uh, my name is Sonia Gibbs, if I haven't met you. I'm one of the pastors here at the Groves. I and Paul Gibbs, who's in the, you know, there he is, <laughs> hiding in the back. Yeah, we, were, we weren't sure we were going to be here this morning because we're starting our vacation. Um, that's a new thing we're going to try this summer as <laughs> a vacation. We're going to the coast. We're just going to smell the ocean air and listen to the waves. That's it. That's really my plan. I have no other plan. And eat. Eat, drink, watch the wave, watch and listen to the waves. Breathe in the ocean air. That is what's going to heal our souls. So anyway, um, just so glad that you're here. Um, I, want, I just have a couple announcements for you and a, and a thought, announcements and a thought. So the most important announcement, we'll get this up on all the social media things, but you're here, you get to know first. Y'all know we're moving over to Sunnyside. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. So many good things are happening over there. Um, we had a cleaning party. That's right, I said party. Cleaning party. Um, we must have burned some people out because I don't see them here this morning. But, uh, um, but uh, there's a, there are two residential houses that are next to the very large United Methodist Church building. And so there was one that was vacant and we, uh, we, we, not we, they, <laughs> uh, cleaned that thing out and ripped up carpet and sprayed and swept and vacuumed and um, looks amazing, yes? It's pretty good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a dramatic change from before and after, yeah? So, um, you know, the, the work, and, and I've, always, I've always said this and now we get the opportunity to do it, um, which is that I love the idea of the church being people who are physically doing what we believe is happening spiritually and that we, can, we are a part of renewal, right, and a part of revitalization and a part of taking what is so what? I wasn't going to interrupt you. I was oh. going to join you. But I, I wanted to remind, I wanted to see how many people <laughs> remembered the sermon Sonia did. Um, it's been years ago. But her, it, I think it was one of our Groves sermon talking mm -hmm. about the, the spirit of the Groves. And you were talking all around it. But the, the, the restore, rebuild, renew yeah. was the, no, you remember she had us chanting that at the yeah. end of that talk. And um, mm -hmm. it's amazing to be on the ground. This was my first week um, doing like maintenance stuff and, and, and then this, this cleaning party and stuff. And it just was like the spirit of God just in my ear all week like, you're doing it. This was the vision that was cast uh, from this sermon that she, and we're in the middle of it. It's restoring, rebuilding, renewing. There hasn't been a, a, a worshiping community in that space for uh, four years minimum. Um, and it, it has just been deteriorating and, and there's been good stuff going on there, so we don't mean to take away from what's been going on there, but there hasn't, it hasn't been occupied by a by this like what happened here this morning and this this kind of community and 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 so I'm pumped and mm -hmm. I wanted to remind us of that yeah. what I think was yeah. a for lack of better terms a prophetic word in a sermon that mm -hmm. this group of people are built to yeah. to rebuild to restore and renew yeah so. yeah and that's the thing it is it's a community thing it's all of us together. And I, when I walked up during worship, I told Cass, I'm like, I want us to sing, You Are Making Us New. Because that's what God is doing. And he's inviting us into this work of renewal. 
You know, he's making us new, and we get to be a part of making things new. And um, anyway, so I am super, super, super excited about all of that stuff that's going on. So starting first Sunday in August, we will be meeting over at Sunnyside UMC. What? Woo! I know, right? I'm a little excited. Okay. So we'll get all those details out to you. And I, I, you know, it's only three miles from where we are right now. So it's not far, right? Change can be, yeah, it's southeast. Yeah, you just have to, you have to cross the river, which might be hard for some people. Uh, but no, actually, a lot of you come over from the east side. So it'll be fine. You'll be fine. Anyway, it's going to be good. The, people talk about the Willamette Curtain, but it's coming down, right? All right. Uh, um, 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 okay, one thought, and then I'm going to introduce um, who's speaking to us today. So um, as we were singing, and I just want to share this really quickly, um, if I can just switch for, for a moment. It's tied to renewal, and it's tied to who I think we're called to as believers, as Christians, as people who are following Jesus and wanting to be more like him. And that is that he, he is calling us into the work, right? It's not magic. It's not, it's not like God, like I said, rebuild, restore, renew, and it just happens. We have to pick up a broom. We have to take risks. We have to do things that, you know, like we're going through the, we're going through the book of Exodus as a community, and, and we're seeing that there's a promise and a vision before anything happens. And you have to take those first steps that are totally based on trust, right? And um, as we were singing this morning, and I just want to lead us in prayer as a congregation, as a community, we were singing this morning um, the song, The Lion and the Lamb, and there is, um, our, God is the lion, our God is the Lamb and la- the Lamb, The lamb that was slain for the sins of the world, his blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb, every knee will bow before him. And some of this language can can seem old maybe to some of us, like breaking chains, lion, lamb. How does this, you know, how does this relate to where we are? But as we were singing that song and we were talking about breaking chains, and honestly as I was sitting here, my heart and my mind went to the systemic, um, I thought about um, the crisis at the border. I thought about families that were broken up this morning. I thought about kids that don't have their, their parents with them right now. I thought about men that were standing behind those chained fences. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the systemic problems. Not, I'm not talking about, I'm, like, there's, there's something we can be set, said about our country. There's something to be said that is deeper about humanity and about who we are, and that the hope that I have is that the church, not the church as the organization, the church as the people of God are people that will hold on to hope. People that will, will pick up the broom. People that will make the phone calls. People that will do, right? Do you know what I'm saying? And so um, I think that God is inviting us into his work. He's inviting us into renewal, rebuilding, restoring. And um, anyway, when I was thinking about breaking chains, I was thinking about the chains that need to be broken in, in, um, the, in systemic ways. Um, in our world, in our own, from the global perspective to our own hearts, where those little seeds of all of that stuff, that of greed and of shame and of guilt and all those things are in us. And so I want us to, I want to lead us this morning in prayer that God would do what he said he would do, which he will break chains, and that he will use us as his people, as people filled with his spirit, as people in love with him, to be used to bring new and good in our world. Um, yeah? You with me? All right, so I'm going to pray, and then I'll introduce Trevor. Okay, here's the prayer. God, we love you this morning, and we thank you for the work that you are doing in and around us. I'm thankful this morning, God, that you are, 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 um, you're never 
um, dormant, <laughs> but you are active, and you are working your good, your restoration, um, your kingdom throughout all of creation, and that you have chosen to do that through us. And um, God, I just pray that you would begin and con you would continue the work that you've started in us. You said you'd be faithful from the beginning to the end. And I, we just invite you, your Holy Spirit, um, your compassion, your love, your gifts to be active and alive in us, God. And that you would use us and you would, um, you would transform us and you would use us to bring life um, and, and, and newness, God, in um, every space that we inhabit in our neighborhoods, in our city, in our state, in our country, and in our world, God. In whatever way you want to activate, this is a diverse group of people, God. Oh, what a, how beautiful, God. And so would you this morning just um, activate your life, your gifts, your spirit in us. Fill us today. Let your word go deep, 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 deep in us. Let those seeds be planted. Let, um, our, uh, let uh, life uh, just grow inside of us, God, and that we would bear fruit for you and for your kingdom. We love you. This is all for your name. Do what you want to do in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, this morning, um, uh, we, uh, in, we decided to invite someone who would be really, really tired. Um, we're like, who's going to be exhausted by the end of this week because he's serving and giving? And um, let's invite him to share this morning. So that's what we did. We asked Trevor. Trevor, um, I remember the first time Trevor uh, showed up to the Groves via Sanita, I think, was the, the invitation. Um, and I uh, sat in the front row, and I could tell that he was just thinking and processing. And I could tell that he wasn't just going to, um, you know, he was just he was thinking and processing, working through a lot of stuff. I'm doing this because he has the beard. He was doing a lot of this. And, um, but as I got to know Trevor, first of all, I know him as a person who is, um, loves hospitality. He loves people feeling welcomed and loved. And he does that through coffee. And he does that through food, and so I just naturally appreciate that as a personal gift um, <laughs> in my life. But I also, um, I just appreciate Trevor's, he's very, he is earnest and he is genuine. And those are two things that I really value and I love about him. He's an encourager. Look, I just look over and he's like smile. He will always smile when I look at him. He's an encourager. And every, every person um, needs that in their lives. So anyway, without further ado, would you please help me welcome Trevor. I'm also egotistical and love the applause. <laughs> As I try to own who I am when I speak, I was realizing that I, last time I spoke, I was so built up in the wanting to emulate what I've seen modeled for me in speaking that I got lost in it. <laughs> I got lost in, in not embracing who I am when I have spoken in the past in other venues in which I have found every single time when I pour myself into well-structured notes, I freak myself out. And I realize I, 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 if I speak on something I'm passionate about and something I've been dwelling on for a long time anyway, and then I just do the research to make sure I'm not just making stuff up because I, I am really good at that. I, uh, when I worked in, it was really comfortable when I used to work at Dutch Bros because I'd been there for so long, I could just answer a question. Hey, Trevor, what do we need to do about this? Oh, uh, go ahead and just throw that ingredient in there and do this, and oh, yeah, you're good. Send it out. Wow, how'd you know that? I didn't. 
I just said so. Um, but yeah, I just got back from Royal Family Kids Camp. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is and those of you who are there, prepare yourselves. I will ask you to, if you're willing. I know I got one willing volunteer, two unwilling. Um, but Royal Family Kids Camp is a week-long camp focused on children who are in the foster care system. And these are kids who might be in a group home, who might have had, you know, 10 different home placements in the last two to three years. Um, kids who've stayed in hotels with a caseworker. Kids who honestly haven't had it that bad and to what you might project onto them and are adopted and living really good, happy lives. So there's the whole spectrum. But they get this week to not be somebody who has to fill in the gap for the adults who weren't there, who don't have to have their life together because no one else will have it together for them. They don't have to be the parent for their little sibling that week. Uh, they get to know that where they are in that moment for this week, they are loved. They don't have to rise to a challenge to get that love. They don't have to say the right thing to be accepted and loved. They just get to show up, be a kid, have fun, relax. And all the emotions that come out when you finally allow yourself to relax do tend to come out in every which spiky, ugly way that they will come out. Um, so a lot of what I was going to speak on today was going to be about um, community and how I've had a revelation a few years ago about, no, I can't be a lone wolf, and no, community is good, and God made us for community through science and stuff, and that's great. But then yesterday, as I was reflecting in my own imperfect self, I realized that there was another message I needed to get off my chest, um, and that is just in the willingness of being willing. Um, so before I get into how my week was, at camp and how that's tied into a lesson God's been nailing into my brain for a few years now. Um, I would like to invite anyone who is at Royal Family Kids Camp this week to share a moment, um, a share whatever stuck out most or was most impactful. I know Nathaniel said he was willing now that he's giving me the stare, never mind I'm not. Um, <laughs> or Sunita or Faith, anyone want to come up and share their week at camp real quick just to, so Sunita can then recruit you if you are touched? There's murmurings. Um, oh, he's coming. Oh, good. Plus, this is called Time Killer, so I don't have to feel as guilty for not talking as long. But we like it when you talk for a long time. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just me. Is that just me? Okay, cool. Thank you, Trevor. Um, no, thank you. I'll become less Okay, cool. Uh, hi, my name is Nathaniel. Some of you know me, others don't. I like pizza, puns, and pour over coffee. Shout out to Trevor, who took hours of his life. What? Are you making fun of me? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I want to thank Trevor, who spent hours of his life this week making pour over coffee um, for some of us. It's greatly appreciated. Um, so this is my fifth year serving at camp, um, and it's time flies when you're having fun. This is the first year that I've gone to camp um, and not carried with me stress or anxiety or things from outside. Um, and I've walked up and just been able to be there, um, which was a really cool and weird experience that ended up unsettling me in many ways. Um, 
because I've gone into camp with these experiences where I've been in these cabins that have really solid folk and we're all together and on the same page and communicating well and this year I didn't have that mm -hmm. because I've gone into camp and I've I think the cool experience that I had was I've been with this um, camper for five years Lori and I agreed um, around the time we started dating that I should continue doing this until this kid graduates um, and that that needs to be a priority in our lives um, and so this is my fifth year with this camper um, and he's 10 now um, and so we had ups and downs. He had um, one day where he just wanted to yell and scream and be upset that we weren't eating, um, which I get, right? Like, <laughs> I get that. Um, and um, so after we had that day, we had another day. The kids get these, uh, they have like a birthday party because not all foster or adoptive kids get to celebrate their birthdays or know when their birthdays are. Um, and so we have this birthday party and every kid gets, you know, some gifts. Um, and generally the boys' gifts is like a projectile weapon because we like, you know, <laughs> toxic masculinity and stuff. Um, <laughs> so, so, um, so we have our little, they're like these little like off-brand Nerf like pop foam bubble dart. So they're like little balls. Um, yeah, and so each, each boy got a blue one and an orange one, um, not confusing at all. Um, when you have, you know, 25 of the same thing running around. <laughs> Sharpie comes in handy real quick. Um, and so the day after they get that, um, I'm just like, I'm exhausted because that day he was just like, all he wanted to do was like eat and be angry. Um, and so I'm like, are we gonna do another day of this eating and being angry? Um, and so we go, we go on our afternoon break um, and the, all of the male counselors had agreed kind of as a collective whole, um, uncommunicated to some, but um, that the campers wouldn't take their projectile weapons with them up to the activity areas. Um, and this was an argument I was not willing to have when my camper was insistent that he was going to do that. I was just like, yeah, great. Um, and some other folks tried to jump in and have that conversation. I was like, this isn't, this is a train that is going nowhere. Um, and so he takes his, uh, his little pop gun with him um, and I go into my break and all the other staff and junior counselors are there hanging out with him, doing their thing. Um, and another counselor comes in and they're like, oh, your camper, he's chatting with this girl and like he's showing off his little pop gun and like she seems really into it and it's exciting. Uh, I was like, that's cool. That's great. I'm, I'm here now. I'm not. We're, <laughs> need to take a moment for myself. Um, and so I get outside and he is um, sharing his little pop gun, a uh, little foam dart projectile shooter with this girl, uh, Sunita's camper. Um, and... She's just like amazed by it. And so it turns out that they've worked out this situation where he is going to give her one of his. Because um, he has one that he feels doesn't shoot as well, which I think was user error, but that's us inside. Um, he didn't feel like it was shooting as quickly or as far or as fast um, as the other ones. He was like, oh, I'll give that one to you. You can have that. And she's like, great, this is exciting. Um, I'm like, okay, cool. So he's insistent that we have to go back to the cabin and get the other, um, the other gun and it's matching bullets uh, as quickly as possible. Foam darts, I think is the proper terminology. Foam, foam balls. Yeah. Um, and so we like find someone who wants to go back to the cabins with us. Um, there's like a small little foam dart war and then we go back up and so he takes this, <laughs> other, um, this other foam dart shooter uh, with us, this orange lesser foam dart shooter, uh, lesser. <laughs> Um, and so we get back up and there's like a line for some root beer floats and this girl's waiting, this girl camper is waiting in this line for root beer floats. 
Um, and she turns around and I see that she has a blue projectile foam dart shooter. Um, and so I'm like, oh, what's going on? And what's going to happen with this? Because he, you know, he tends to get a little bit like freaked out, angry about stuff sometimes. So we walk up and um, Sunita and I have a side conversation that there's like something that's going on that's shenanigans that we don't totally understand. And so what I come to find out later is that um, this girl camper had arranged a trade with, um, with Trevor's camper whereby she would accept this gift of a blue foam dart shooter um, and then trade it, or no, the orange foam dart shooter, and then trade it for a blue foam dart shooter. The superior weapon, while not telling the person that she was trading the orange for the blue, that the orange was lesser, by which she felt very proud of herself. <laughs> and so all of this is explained to my camper, and he he always has just this like passive face before he reacts to things because he takes a minute to think about stuff. And I'm like, oh, this this thinking it's gonna turn it's gonna turn real quick, and we're gonna have to react to this, and like be like encouraging and supportive and helpful. So he thinks about it for a minute. He's like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right, this is, this is cool. Um, because these kids who come from these broken homes and these broken lives um, and these places that aren't, um, Jeff and I were just talking about the term normal. Normal isn't a good term necessarily, but what we, many of us would consider as normal backgrounds. And they're still doing these like kid shenanigans Right, like I'll trade you this for that, but like not telling you this isn't as good as that. Um, and so that was just that was like my moment at camp. That was really um, after five years of being with this camper. I think that okay was a highlight. Thank you, Trevor. What's really great about that is it's the kids are so not who we are told they are going to be when they come to camp because they have to, like I, like I said before Nathaniel came up, they have to step up. They have to fill in the gaps adults are not filling in for them. And then they come to camp, and especially if they're a returning camper, they figured it out. They can react. They, we give them the, the, the space to react, and there's, the punishment won't be as severe. And so it's, it's really funny when we have some of these kids, and I mean, I had my, my, my camper's dad come up, he goes, I needed to talk to Trevor aside. Okay, how was he? How was it? Like, because this kid had done, my kid has done some things that um, even got the law involved. And I was like, no, oh, I mean, it was about par for the course, like from what it's been, like nothing out of the ordinary. He goes, oh. So that sometimes the security of having a regular counselor every year gives the kids the space to grow and to learn lessons and figure out how they want to react to things or just be a regular kid doing shenanigans without feeling like there's a fear that if I give an inch, they're going to take a mile. Faith, did either of you want to have anything you guys wanted to share? Okay, thank you, Faith. Thank you for stepping up. <laughs> this is your first year as a counselor. Yes. Okay. So this is Technically, my fourth year with Royal Family, but my third year actually going to camp. Last year I had some medical issues. Um, yes, anyways, so it was, if you've heard me talk about Royal Family in the past, it was from the point of view of a junior counselor. And 
um, I had lots of experiences with many of the children, but this year was my first being an actual counselor and having my own kid. So I show up on Sunday, and they're like, okay, so you had two campers? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, but we're giving one to another, to another counselor because their camper is not showing up today. And I was like, okay, this, this is great. And immediately relief is like, whew. I could have done it with two, but it was, I think I would have melted down much sooner in the week if I had two. Um, so, um, and then finding out what I did about this camper, my camper went to bed very late, and this other camper got up very early, so it was just good for everyone involved <laughs> that I had a little bit more sleep than typical. Yes, it was definitely a God thing. Um, and so, she, she was great, she's nine years old, but more had the mentality of a seven-year-old. I think it was a coping, that's how she got what she wanted. And so um, she was very hyperactive, and if you know me, I am not that way. <laughs> so we were constantly on the move, constantly talking to everyone we saw, like, hey, Trevor, hey, 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 Sunita, like everyone she saw, she had to say hi, and like we interacted with pretty much everyone at camp, which was for me emotionally very draining. <laughs> and then I was tired, and so it just all wound into one giant Wednesday night meltdown and like me realizing I need to ask for help. Like, it's a thing and it's okay to not be able to do it all. Um, in that moment, I felt like a failure for not being there for my camper <laughs> and needing to step away from her. But it was definitely God teaching me a lesson in patience and vulnerability and not needing to be on all the time. And that's okay. That's really actually 100% fine. Yep. Anyways, she's great and I love her so much. Um, I never realized I could love a person so much after only five days of knowing them. And um, she, I realized at the end of the week I'd gotten a special form about her because she's had um, behavioral issues in the past and I think it was due to the lack of one-on-one -on -one interaction and being spread between two campers it's hard for a counselor to get that personal connection and so I was like I don't get why she had a behavioral issue she was perfectly fine behaviorally except for at night with me <laughs> and so um, it was just really great that God knew what she needed to this week um, and, you know, he works everything out. That's always the song that's on my heart when I'm at camp. Um, Father, you are so good, and you work everything out for good. Um, so it's just great to be there, and I do it for my brother, because if he were there, I would want people like us to be there, because these kids come from really hard places and I can imagine him being there and it's because of this church that I know that's why we took him in and why I was so mad at my dad for like a couple days because I wanted this little boy to be my brother and I knew that he needed to be with us um, and so it's just it's 
really great, and I'm so thankful for Sunita uh, introducing me and being like, you need to come because it's really transformed my life. I don't think I'd be nearly as appreciative of everything that I have or as, um, it's definitely a lesson in patience and being calm. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but like, like I said, God is good and he works everything out for good. And my camper had an older brother at camp and she adores him and I know that the feeling is mutual even though he would look at me and say I'm sorry every time <laughs> he saw me and he'd always be like you look tired and I'm like dude you're not supposed to tell the girls that they look tired it's not how this works and he's like I'm sorry and then the next day you look tired <laughs> you need to stop so yeah they're in a good home and it's for the first time in a while I think and so it just left me with a lot of peace walking away from them. Can't wait till next year. Yeah, I actually had the uh, brother in my, in my tent. Um, and that kid, he was the prime example of having it all together. He was mature for his age. He was very good with the flow. Nothing ever really phased him. He really knew how to buddy up with the adults in a great way. Like, I, that kid was great great sense of humor and I was talking to his counselor about that he goes yeah dude this kid is just like so minimum like minimum maintenance I don't have to do as much and that's when I was like yeah but why does he have to be that way I mean don't get me wrong that kid he was a gem and so was his sister I mean okay granted she clung to me a little bit so I was like oh I want to talk to you um, we had a talent show and she knew I was doing something with her brother uh, because he was in my tent. We're doing a big old, everyone in the tent, we're doing a skit together. And she comes up to my table, Trevor, I want to do the talent show with you. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. What are we going to do? I don't know. Okay, all right. Then she goes like, we're going to tell a joke. Okay, what joke are you going to tell? No, you're going to tell a joke. <laughs> okay, okay. And we get back to the tent and like, hey, um, Help me figure out jokes that uh, your sister will find funny. <laughs> and then she comes up, night of the talent show, we're going to do a trick instead. <laughs> like, what? what? What trick does she think I can do? I don't, I don't do tricks. I didn't bring my deck of cards, so it's like, uh, uh, She had a fidget spinner. She wanted to put it on the bill of my hat and balance it. I was like, okay, I'm going to tell a joke while you do that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she was, she, it, it went really well. Was it the first time she's ever, oh my goodness. Well, I am now doubly honored. Um, so it was funny for me at camp, I definitely had a lot of guilt internally um, because my feelings towards my camper, this is my third year with him. It was his graduating year and that always comes with some baggage when it's the kid's graduating year because they know they won't be coming back. Um, so we're, we're always prepared. Hey, get ready. The kid you may have had the last year, two years, four years, this might be a different kid just because they're going to put their guard up. They don't want to feel the feels. So they might act out in anger. They might be standoffish. Um, you, you, know, you may have had the most affectionate kid last three years. But graduating year, it might be the exact opposite. And so I was 
even like when we were doing the, the prayer over the camp, I, I was like, okay, yes, Lord, help me to obliterate all expectations and not project what I want from my kid onto my kid. Uh, help me to just be, you know, just open for whatever this kid needs. I didn't actually do that, though. Um, I had anticipations, and I had, I was ready for a kid to be excited to see me. I was ready for a kid to be, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what I was really expecting, because this kid is never excited to see me. Uh, day one, he tells me I had two prayers. One, that I can be in a different cabin this year. Because the first two years, he was in the same cabin, so he wanted to, to change it up, and we were in the tent. Prayer answered, thank you, Jesus. Prayer two, I would like a, another counselor. Like, well, yeah, yeah, it was a little rough. It was a little rough. And especially because I think the person he was hoping would be his counselor was in the same tent with, his, with another kid. And so there was definitely some internal, like, do I, do I allow myself to be hurt by this? Because it, it, it stung. It, it, it nicked a pride artery on that. And I was kind of bleeding out a little bit of just like, huh. Or, okay, well, I mean, the, the guy's here. The kid's here. Let him get that time with that guy he really was excited to see and try to mitigate that so that guy could actually pay attention to his camper as well. Uh, so this whole week, I was just like, okay, I'm going to just stand back. Kid's 12. Uh, he tends to be more, I don't know, acting out when I'm hovering. So, okay, I'm not going to, there's not a lot of bonding going on there. It's more of all right, so here's the deal. We're not going to yell random things while people are speaking. I'll be in the back. <laughs> and I'm just sitting next to somebody else and just... We're chapel time, and all of a sudden my kid, my kid just yells out some random, random stupid thing just because he wants attention. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. If he does it again, I'll go up there. And then really that was my entire week was just kind of battling with when do I intervene? Okay, don't. Don't get in his space. Okay, when do I intervene? Okay, maybe I should be present here right now. Um, and a little bit of also what was happening was I was seeing way too much of the things that I hated about myself as a kid in this kid. I was, okay, you ever have that moment and you're lying in bed, you really wish you could sleep, but all you're thinking of are those silly, embarrassing, socially awkward things you did when you were like 12? <laughs> this kid was the carnival mirror of those moments for me. Not quite knowing who his people are. Not quite knowing what to say to kind of get in. Somebody tells a joke, I'm going to just go ahead and repeat that joke. Claim it as my own because it's funny. I got to laugh, I'm going to just do the same thing and get a laugh. Uh, mimicry and processing and kind of staring out from the outside, randomly just trying to grab onto anyone who, who was a peer and wasn't bullying me. And just seeing that in this kid, you would expect some more empathy on my part, but it wasn't there. I was feeling cold to it. I was feeling cold to it because 
that's maybe a part of me that I haven't had resolution with. Maybe that's a part of me I haven't forgiven myself for just being a freaking kid who was still learning how to interact with people. But no, I was standoffish and feeling cold to it and just kind of ready for the week to be done. Just This kid's graduating. This kid's not giving me the affection I was wanting because this camp is about me. And in my moments to look like a hero to a kid and to really shine like the star I know I am. <laughs> it's so easy. It, I mean, this camp really does feed into that, oh, I'm going to go serve and I'm going to get a reward. And this kid gave me no reward. <laughs> now, one thing that comes with having a graduate is the last night of camp, we take all the graduates and we give them a we don't give them, we hand them a boat. Sign the boat, please, put the year of the camp on it. We're gonna take you to the lake area, we're gonna light a candle, we're gonna push you out into the water, it will symbolize that you might feel like you're going out alone, but we're gonna push all the boats out there with their candles and you're not alone. During this process, each counselor is gonna speak words over their, their camper. And I've done this once before with a previous camper and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna overthink this. I'm gonna just you know, speak on what I've gathered through this week in the moment to this kid. I had nothing. I was cold, I was distant, I was annoyed, I was frustrated, I was in my own head. I had nothing for this kid. I just had, hey, I know I'm kind of hard on you, but uh, it's because I know you can handle it. Those were, that was what I had in my head. Totally great stuff. Uh, yeah, I was embarrassed. I was disappointed. Uh, and I had to go first. Okay, granted I volunteered, but that was only because the, uh, the, the, the pastor who was leading that looked at me <laughs> pleadingly. Go first, please. I was like, yeah, I was like, all right, I'll go first. And it was in that moment that God is faithful. It was in that moment that I, I wrote down two verses that really matched and, and, and just spoke to the truth of this because I knew that this was true. But I was like, I know it's in the Bible. Let me find it. And Jesus is talking. Uh, this is in Luke 12, 12. And the verse is just the Holy Spirit will teach you at that moment what you must say. Um, I'm not usually one for this. Just let me give you the one snippet that reinforces what I want to say, but that's just what I did. Um, <laughs> forgive me. But that was the moment. That was what I was feeling. That moment was, I'm going to just start talking, Lord, please take over. And he did. Within seconds, my kid was crying. This kid was completely emotionally shut off all week. And he was just crying. I have no idea what I said to him. I wasn't there, um, but I know God was. I know in that moment, my purpose was not to be perfect. My purpose was not to be the embodiment of the atypical counselor prime. My role was to be physically present and willing to serve. And it was in that moment that God took care of the rest. At my most weakest, he was strong. And living in that moment, knowing that 
I am just spewing out words. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just saying it, looking at this kid who's just not looking at me, but the tears are rolling. And in that moment, I've never felt more grateful for the Holy Spirit. Um, in that moment, and I've, it's happened a few times before where I can really tap into it and say, this was not me. There was no part of the words coming out of my mouth that were me. It was fully just Christ and the Holy Spirit working through me to minister to someone. And it's a powerful moment. And it's only in the moments when I have nothing. It's only in the moments when I am most discouraged. Because there was another moment, another kid, four years ago. He was a little terror. More emotionally reactive, so you get some, you get, the, oh, he's, he's down, I did something great. But it was a kid who I had to plead, I don't know what you want from me, and then he just throat punched me. I was like, okay, that's where we're at right here. We're going to start growing a beard. Um, <laughs> but it was, again, and there was a kid I had for a couple years, and he just get, he hated chapel. I had to, we were always outside of the chapel time because he did not like it. He didn't want the big crowd, and I don't blame him. I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing to give this kid. It was just survival mode. Hold on to the reins and try to just guide him from the dangers. And we have a night where we encourage the kids to give up whatever they have, whatever they've been holding on to, whatever they're most afraid to go back to. And this kid just then told me everything that had ever happened to him. The most gross, terrible things. And I'm writing it on a balloon <laughs> so we can let it go and give it to God. We sit there, we let it go, and we're looking up at the grass, and he just goes, I love you, Jesus. Just like, what in the world? Where is this coming from? Where in the world is a kid who's refusing anything getting this I love you Jesus from? It's not me in that moment. It's not the chapel times because he was absent. But it is God. Using the willing, not the able, not the perfect, just somebody who's faithful to show up. And, and that, that is my encouragement today. That is my testimony this morning. And that is why I, I wanted, I'm really grateful Faith shared what she did because it just ties in so perfectly. You showed up. It, I, fear, fear cripples ministry for me. I get that little earworm that plays on repeat. You're not ready. Just hang tight. You're not ready. Just hang tight. You're not, you're not those who you're following, so just hang tight. Get a little bit more something under your belt so that you can show that you're worthy, so that you can step out. Oh, you want to step out? Wait, you're, you're kind of lacking some things right now. And that earworm is always playing on repeat. And even coming up here today, <laughs> that was playing on repeat this morning. And it always does. But I also get to come up here with the testimony, my personal testimony, saying that Jesus fills that gap. That me just stepping up here before you is me stepping out in that faith. Because, I mean, when I... Like, a majority of my time speaking in front of people has been pre-scripted. I've spent, like, a month memorizing lines and portraying another character 
that I really dove into and I really put in that good work. But I'm doing a character. Uh, so speaking of me, speaking from my own heart, that was something that I've not put as much effort into. That is something that I've been hesitant to do and that the real nerves kick in on that and the earworm plays a little bit louder. You're not ready. You're an actor, kinda, not really anymore, but that's, that's your strength. This isn't your strength. It's not. But Christ in me, I can do it. Uh, so I just wanna pray over everyone right now. Um, and I want to just encourage you all, wherever God's asking you to step out, wherever there's a door open and you feel a cold breeze and that's not welcoming, you can still step through because God's probably the one who still opened the door. Uh, and there's going to be a moment where somebody just looks at you pleadingly, take the lead. And you know you're not ready. But Christ will fill in that gap. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity, the many numerous opportunities you provide for us to step in, to allow you to work through us. Thank you for allowing us to have more opportunities than we take advantage of. For all the moments that I've said no, you've still given me more. For all the moments where fear reigns, you're still there. And for that, I am truly grateful. Thank you, Lord, that you have equipped us in ways we will never fully, fully appreciate. And I thank you, Lord, for the church body, that it will always be there to support its people, that we all have our part to play, whether we know it or not, whether we've embraced it yet or not there orchestrating great things behind the scenes that you've opened doors for the willing and the not willing and that no matter where where we are actually feeling like we are at in life you're so ready to use us I ask that you keep us aware for those open doors that we keep our ears tuned that soft voice that says I'm with you, that, that, that squishes the fear and allows us to step. May we know you're standing with us this week, not in a head space, but in a heart space of feeling that peace when the fear comes in feeling the peace that's holding the fear at bay. That allows us to just kind of close our eyes and step off the cliff. I know that we'll keep walking. Thank you, Lord, for all you do, seen and unseen, felt and mysterious.
time Sonia or I will, will facilitate this time. And Because um, we feel really close. Even though we've never gone to Royal Family Kids Camp, we, we feel deeply close to that. Because that little brother that Faith is talking about, that uh, her family adopted, you know, Nico, is now probably one of the best friends of the little boy we adopted. And, you know, and many of you that have been around have heard that story over and over again and how... Um, Somebody, so that's what I would add. Somebody saying yes to something you don't think you're enough for inspires somebody else to maybe take a step and do something and care in a way that they didn't think they were up for. And it, and it, and it is this best kind of contagion that you can imagine that just spreads throughout a community. And so it's just been a beautiful weekend watching people serve doing things like cleaning and working with a really difficult lawnmower and, and hearing the stories of, of people coming back from just the emotional work of caring all week long. Man, awesome job, you guys. And thank you for sharing and thank you for being a part of us. Because it, it's work that doesn't get done if you're not here. You know? So I'm, I'm so grateful because I see it as all connected. And, and I, I've quoted this before. Sunita once said that um, what she does with our, our uh, Royal Family Kids Camp is the most important thing she does with their life. And, and I've now had the experience of, of uh, my son, who's now four years old, who's been with us since he was three years old, who was our ninth or three days old. He's been with us since he was three days old, and he was our ninth foster kid placement. And, and out of all the great stuff we've been given opportunities to do and still are getting opportunities to do, it's the most important thing in our lives, the most important thing we've done. But it's daunting. <laughs> and I don't feel like I'm enough. And so <laughs> every time we get up here and share, Trevor, it's the same thing. Because we can't save anybody, right? I mean, that is the truth. There's a truth to that feeling that when we step into these roles, we're not enough. We can't, we can't do the saving. We can't do the fixing. We can't do the filling with the Spirit. We can't do the stuff that is ultimately needs to be done. But we can say yes, and we can be that part and that, that little bit that God uses us to, to do. And so inspired me and I hope our whole group here and that we will all listen uh, for those moments where we can say yes um, so thank you for being here thank you for hanging out uh, I look forward to worshiping together at Sunnyside but in the meantime um, we'll be here on, on Sundays um, generally at this time we just will sing through one song uh, and you can take a moment and reflect and respond uh, you can pray where you're at um, journal, whatever it is uh, that you want to do, sing along. There's communion in the back if you'd like to take communion. Um, but we'll do that and we'll read our verse together uh, at the end and that'll be our official close. But if you really need to go because of time, we understand you can step out. Um, but thank you uh, for being here.